welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. So we are recording this episode on the 10th year anniversary of a game that I love and cherish called Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Heard of it? Uh, somewhat. Man, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years ago on the day of recording. (laughs) It's so crazy to think 10 years is because so many things. uh, It's like GTA 5 will be 10 years this year and that game is still... That's true. Being re- it was released like two like what a year ago on PS5. Like, yeah, must be nice kinda, to get a re-release. It's crazy to really think that some things that I grew up with and I'm like looking like back on now hit their 10 year anniversary and I'm just like man, I know yeah, like, it was uh, like nuts to see Pokemon hitting its like 25th anniversary. Like I'm trying to think what else hit like a pretty big anniversary. It seems like nowadays it's just every day there's something else hitting its, like, 10th or 15th anniversary. I think we're just in that time period where it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Man, but it's, 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 just, it's just, like, I don't know. Because, like, I don't really don't think how, like, much time has passed. But it's, like, it's been 10 years since since that. And now I'm just, like, how many things have been released 10 years ago? And that was, like, 2003, uh, 2013. So I'm, like, that was... 10 years and just the thing like i remember stuff that i did that whole time like if it was yesterday like i had no time has passed yeah, and for the most part most of the marvel movies have come out in that 10 year period they're like yeah there was a f- only a few that came out before like iron man and like the I first came out, like America, what I think. 2008 eight yeah 2008 yeah. stuff like that um metal gear rising though must be nice that GTA got a re-release on like the next two Mono, consoles for because sure. Metal Gear Rising surely it's hasn't. <laughs> still stuck on what Gen Gen Six? Seven. Seven. It, it's on the PS3, the 360. There's a PC version, but like no PS5, PS4 port of it. And it's such a good game. It's a game I have played like countless times. I've gotten like all the special upgrades. I've speed run that game. I've beaten that game in 90 minutes before. <laughs> I'm trying to, oh man, I'm trying to think what else. I had something else in mind. Maybe it'll come up as we go through the episode. Because <laughs> we, got, we got quite a bit to talk about this week. Um, before we get started, um, we were talking about the, um, not to like transition the, the topic here like very briefly like that, but I had something else in mind. Mm-hmm. Last week we were talking about the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games coming to the Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, and when we were talking about Super Mario Bros. Three, we we mentioned that the e-reader levels were present in that game. Uh-huh. Um, of course, the e-reader was that peripheral for the Game Boy Advance that you would like slide dot code cards across, and it would unlock like content for Super Mario Advance Four. Um, and I forgot to mention, for some reason, I had an e-reader. I, I legit had an, had an e-reader? e-reader when it came out. <laughs> yes, what I've never seen. I remember when I first i I play like. A bootleg Mario 3 growing up. And I remember I saw that e-reader section. I'm like, what is this? Because I didn't really... I've never seen a commercial for it. And I I never really, like, had internet. So I was just kind of in the dark about it. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I've never met anyone who actually had an e-reader. So I, I no longer have the e-reader. But I uh. did have the e-reader. Um, I got it at... At or around launch, but the reason I knew so much about it at the time was because I had got like Nintendo Power Magazine come in the mail when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the e-reader I think was like a, a like a year, maybe a year and a half after the Game Boy Advance came out, and it was like this. Like in hindsight, it's a really like bulky, like <laughs> I don't want to say useless, but. <laughs> It was, like, way too big for, for, for what it did, like, especially, like, looking at it nowadays. You know what's crazy is when you look back on the Game Boy, it only had, like, what, a four-year life cycle? Three-year? Like, it had a short life cycle before the the DS came out. 
Yeah, the Game Boy Advance was 2001, I believe, and then the DS was November 2004, so it was, like, really short, and in that time, they had done, like, the Game Boy Advance SP, which, you know, continued to be popular after the DS came out, but the DS could play Game Boy Advance games, so if you had a DS, it was, like, it's just crazy to think that that life cycle is very short for a console that everyone seems to enjoy and want. Yeah. I always thought, like, why is a Game Boy such a hard console to find? Like, when you find mm-hmm. them, they're not cheap. And I'm like, why? And I guess now I realize, I guess technically they weren't really out for that long. The DS kind of yeah. just came in. Like, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color seemed to have much longer, you know, lifespans. Yeah. Yet the Game Boy Advance library is so massive when, like, when you take a look at it. Um, the DS would go on for seven years before the 3ds came out and then of course the the 3ds would go for about six before the switch came out and that support would continue on until it just stopped like in 2019 I wonder, or so i wonder if nintendo will still do labo sets i wonder if they do an e-reader set See, for the labo. that's what i want to like, compare the e-reader to i want to compare it to a labo set it's like it was there and it's like a cool idea but it was not supported no, for any length of time because what the labo has only been what how long has it been two years it's been a little longer than that i think labo was like 2018 maybe or 19 and there was four sets and that's it so yeah i like how every time we get on one topic we'll we'll end up in a different area i don't know why (laughs) i'll refocus us we haven't even done the intro yet (laughs) we'll get to the intro um the the e-reader though like there were certain cards that came with like packs of Pokemon cards where you could scan something and get something for maybe your secret base or something. Um, there were those level cards for Mario 3. You'd get like a picture of like Mario in the frog costume and you'd scan mm. in Mario 3 and then maybe it'd give you a level or something. There were like little trading card packs that came with an NES game on it. I think I had either Donkey Kong 3 or Donkey Kong Jr. And I can't remember if one of those came with the e-reader, but it's Mm. like you would scan five cards and then it would give you an NES game. Uh, You know, this was like before they released the the $20 copies of NES games for for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Um, And then something like I unlocked a core memory, like a serious core memory, thinking about the e-reader over the past couple days. Uh Uh-huh. Because um, when Pokemon trading card games switched from... Uh, Wizards of the Coast Nintendo, they did Pokemon E for three series, they did the Expedition set, they did Aquapolis, and then they did Skyridge. Mm-hmm. And these are like very low print Pokemon sets, like very coveted and weird um, Pokemon card sets. But a lot of the cards would have e-reader codes on them, so you could kind of like collect a set and like scan it and then get a game out of it. And for some mm. reason, I remember there was like Machop, Machoke, Machamp, where you would like scan the e-reader cards, and then you'd get to this mini game where you're like Machop, and like boulders would come from the left and the right of the of the Game Boy screen, and you'd have to like break the boulders, and you got like one chance to do it, and if you like got hit by a boulder, you'd have to start all over, and like the top score was obviously 100. I remember trying that for literally days and days and days and never able to get to 100 but for some reason i'm like this was the power of the e-reader it just (laughs) gave you some random mini game from your pokemon cards i wonder is is this i don't know because now i'm thinking like what see i'm telling you we're gonna get into another rabbit hole i just want to think about all the other obscure just like attachments nintendo's done for their consoles because there was like the, There's like, all what? the peripherals for the Wii, but a lot of those were third party. Yeah, I I, re- I I remember that diagram for like playing Splatoon on the Wii U with the Wii Pro controller, where they had like the Wii remote tied around with straps to the <laughs> Pro mm-hmm. controller to to be like, oh, okay, if you want to play with the Pro controller but still use gyro controls, try using this. And it's just like sometimes there's a Nintendo solution that's just. I don't know how else to describe it besides a Nintendo solution. <laughs> oh, Nintendo. Yeah. But I just want to hit on that that uh, e-reader because it's that, been on my like mind. I've been like, minute, I had an e-reader. What the it's heck? It's a 10-minute intro. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are 10 minutes into this intro. We and and for some reason, yet. when I was thinking about scanning things, I was also thinking about those like old toys called scanners 
where you would like scan a barcode with the toy and it would give you like a monster. You go into the grocery store and you'd like scan See, a new barcode. I had one of those when I was a kid. They they did that with the Jurassic Park game back in like 2001 when the third movie came out and you that's around the time the scanners was i I have the dvd box set of it and it has a commercial in there and and it was like you scan like barcodes from like the grocery store and you can get upgrades for your dinosaur dude kids nowadays will just not understand the joy of like taking your scanners into the (laughs) grocery store or or sliding uh, your card along the giant block of e-reader See, on your now you got me on this whole 2000 like like tangent because now i want to talk about like i've been watching like very old chuck e cheese like deep dive videos of like how the franchise became i'm like man like i miss chuck e cheese like chuck e cheese was actually a really fun place back in the day <laughs> back and i don't know how day. it is now because obviously i don't go there no more uh i'm a little bit on the say the grown side but uh i remember growing up man that was just a that's where like I played Arctic Thunder, and that's when I, I found out it was a PS2 game, and I bought it on the PS2. But God, now you got me like this whole arcades, like 2000 all that candy. fun stuff. I guess we should refocus, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where sometimes we go on game-related tangents. Uh, my name is Daniel, and as always, I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert. And Robert, how are you doing this week? Uh just tired just like tired but not like oh i want to like just give up but just like oh just relax i'm tired and just kind of chill out for a bit what about you how have you been this week i'm also very tired i'm i'm a little mentally drained um so i've, I've been playing a little bit of games we're going to talk about those in a second here mm-hmm. um you know trying to you know stay you know doing self-care all that stuff um, yeah. which is important that's good um that's important. yeah so originally this episode was going to be our finale for Tropical Freeze coverage with World 6 and the the bonus World 7, but <laughs> I think both of us needed a little more preparation because not only are they is it a longer, you know, and more complex grouping of levels, um I just haven't actually had the time to take as many notes um mm-hmm. this week cuz and and I know both of us have been really busy with um real life stuff. So yeah. um Instead, we are going to use this uh, chance, actually, to talk about a game which, um, when this episode gets posted, it'll still be launch day on one of the coasts, and the reason we can talk about it so in so much detail this, this week is that I had early access to mm-hmm. Like a Dragon Ishin, uh for the Digital Deluxe Edition, so I've been playing for a couple days now, I have about eight hours on it, so I feel... Like, this is a game that's, you know, I've been waiting to talk about on this podcast. It's like, why not start now? And then I've got another little thing I could talk about after that. Yeah. Um, but Like a Dragon Ishin, this was announced at a state of play back in September, I believe. This is not a new game. This is actually a remake or remaster or, you know, up-res, whatever is? you want to call it. Yeah. It, it's a game that came out cross-gen PS3 and PS4. I did not know um, that. Yeah, I I didn't know it from the start. I I learned it like a little a little while after the announcement, but um this is actually a remake of a game that came out in 2014 for PS3 and PS4. So it's 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 remake is also cross gen on on PS4 and PS5. I am playing the PS5 version, so you know, the loading is probably a lot better. It's it's definitely mm-hmm. great and the frame rate is a solid 60 except for cutscenes but i believe that like with the pre-rendered cutscenes it is like since it's pre-rendered it's got to be 30 in, in some you know parts of it but like the in-game stuff is all 60 where to start i don't want to get too much into the story of like a dragon ishin because at the you know even though this game is a remake it has never been released in north america and uh, <clears throat> I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. But I will say that the story is your typical like like a dragon slash yakuza melodrama soap opera style storytelling. Except this time it takes place in 1860s Japan, and the characters you know and love from the yakuza series are all there, but they have different names. It's like they're actors playing in a period drama or something like that okay um it does have a like 
the usual melodramatic tone of Yakuza, which is to say it does feel like a soap opera, but this one has a, a good setup about, like, dismantling, like, a class-based society. So... Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it earlier. Um, it's like 600 years after like Ghost of Tsushima takes place, which is like Man. the 1200s. I mean, before, we, but I remember I was I was watching. You know, I watched those videos like how historically accurate you know certain things are. I remember Ghost. Yeah, it's very like some of it is like it's the earliest part of the samurai. It is like. Yeah. They still would have been using staffs with with the blades on, yes, on top, like yes, the yes. predecessor to the to the katana sword. But it still would be reasonably, no doubt, some people would have owned an, a, you know a traditional katana. So it's just kind of it is one of those things where I really do think about it. How much like that era of the samurai just went for so long? It went to like the eighteen hundreds, yeah. And just to think, like you think this game is like seventeen, sixteen? No, this is the eighteen. This is like you know. You know things were so advanced at that at that point when you really look at it, but it's like they're still using katana swords. The samurai way went for a very long time. Yeah, and look, I almost want to compare it to something like Red Dead Redemption, where it just feels like this is the end of an era. Um, yeah. Samurai also carry around pistols in this game, so firearms are being incorporated into your combat styles. Yeah, um, and and everything is like feels a little more modern. There's like normal feeling restaurants for like oh i might be you know there might be like a a noodle stall here or there that you go to whereas in something like ghost of tsushima you'd be like here is a a a a shack in the middle of (laughs) you know unpopulated forest where there are people living there working and everything um so i won't really touch on the story um it, it is a lot um the game is not dubbed uh, like like dragon yakuza like a dragon was um but there's a lot of names terminology uh info dumps and lots of lore and just a lot so if you plan on playing like a dragon ishin you have to accept the fact that like most yakuza games it does have a very slow start with a lot being thrown at you mm-hmm. plot wise before you actually get into it but this one does do a good job of like mixing in gameplay combat and exploration as it does it whereas something like yakuza zero and even like a dragon um have a very like a more cutscene focused see you know startup now how how's the 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 mini games are the mini games you know pretty good compared to i guess how the yakuza series has them is Um, there a bunch of them there's a bunch of them and i've not like played a lot of them yet but what i've played so far is like sometimes you could do chicken racing and you'll like set bets on the chicken you know a lot of yakuza like mini games are like uh you know some some like gambling stuff there's shogi Mm. there's mahjong the usual there's no arcades as far as i can see in this one obviously like like in in the main series you can go play like classic sega games like space harrier like Mm. fantasy zone stuff like that virtua fighter 5 um but this one has uh you know a variety of different like betting or wagering games um i think you can even play poker in this one um and then there's the usual, like, karaoke, except it's, like, you're just singing to a crowd and doing a rhythm game. There's also dancing, um, mm-hmm. which is similar to the karaoke, except the way that the button prompts show up on the screen is a little bit different. Um, so it's, it's your kind of standard fare. And I've gotten to some of the sub-stories, which is what the series is really famous for because the sub-stories take a more comical approach to the melodrama of the main story. And they've been kind of, like, pretty heartfelt so far. There's one with, like, a, a, a little, a, like, a like two kids, and one of them is moving away, and it's your job to kind of, like, reunite them before they can, before they have to move apart. Um, there's one where there's a, a guy going around dressed as, like, Ebisu, the deity, and, like, tricking, you know, senior citizens into giving <laughs> him money, so you have to go and kind of stop him. Um, there was one that was, now I can't remember it, but it was, like, pretty funny um if i remember it I'll, I'll make sure to bring that back up but the the sub stories like the charm of the yakuza series is there it's just it doesn't uh-huh. take place in the big city oh yeah there's one where it's like uh the the you have five people and they're all 
like two of them were guilty of like stealing something and they're all telling a different story and you have to go like point out it's like i feel like there's one of those in every yakuza game but what what sets this one apart for me so far is the combat mm. now this is not based on the newer engine that they use for the yakuza games so there is a certain feel to it that kind of reminds me of I think it's a little lighter feeling than Yakuza Kiwami because I cannot remember if that one was done on their Dragon Engine. Mm. Um, but it definitely doesn't feel like Judgment felt or something like that. I You'd feel like Judgment has the more like heavier punch to it. But the combat in this one is cool. You've got four styles. So in Yakuza games, you usually are able to switch your fighting styles or stances. But in this one, you've got your regular brawler style where um, Ryoma, who is quote-unquote played by kiryu the the main character Mm -hmm. of yakuza um can do his normal like punches and like grabs and throws and he can pick up you know a box and like smack it into somebody but that's that's not why we're here for ishin we're here for the sword play and i'm happy to say that the sword play is really good there is a sword stance where Mm -hmm. you can do basic slashes you can do like a small charged thing um you can do like a block and a parry um then there's the gun stance where and i feel like this is kind of broken um you can just shoot your your pistol at enemies um you can use special ammo that's like you have to buy or replenish but the the regular ammo seems to be doing work even when i was like stuck on a boss it's just like make some distance and spam square (laughs) to to win Um, is there a stone and water stance no actually there's not a stone (laughs) and water stance and there's not a wind stance either which is good for the spear enemies in ghost of sushima (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to play that game (laughs) i'm I'm actually like i've been thinking about it a lot when i'm playing like this one um where like ghost of sushima feels very modern Mm -hmm. ishin feels like what it's foundation is it feels like a a a seventh gen early seventh gen or late sixth gen kind of like action game um the best style though the ultimate like brilliant style is the wild dancer and that's Mm -hmm. the one i've been focusing on the most that is where ryoma has his katana and his gun out and you can do like dynasty warriors level slashes (laughs) And you can stop the combo and shoot the firearm, or you can do, like, you can start pressing circle and do, like, these wave slashes that just hit all the enemies, and then he'll spin around and shoot his gun, like, 20 times. Mm. (laughs) It's amazing. It is by far the coolest and the most fun style to use. It's, like, it puts all the others to shame just based on how just ridiculous it is, but it's... It's it's a Yakuza game. It's a Like a Dragon game. It's supposed to embrace being as ridiculous as it can be. Now, how long would you say, from if you've read it, because obviously I know you haven't beaten the game, but how long have they said the game is? Like, just the story mode. I read a review that said 16 hours for the story. 16 hours. But, like, I feel like that depends on how much of the side content you're engaging with. Yeah. And I'm playing on normal, and there's no way I'm beating this in 16 hours. I'm at 8 hours, and I'm, like, really invested in some of the, like, minutia here. Like, developing a relationship with the owner of a restaurant will fill up a bar, and you can use that, the virtue that you gain to, like, expand your inventory or run for longer or you know get a better fishing rod stuff like that and if you're like truly invested in it, like kiwami mm-hmm. i did in like 13 hours because i didn't do a lot of the side content and you know it was fine but i had wished i had done more of the side content so i feel like it's kind of integral to the experience although not like required and like some of this side stuff does tie into story content that i'm just kind of weeping by because i don't want to bring it up mm-hmm. um but like i think what's gonna end up being the biggest mini game is that there is there is a like farming sim <laughs> inside of the game okay. like like yakuza always has one mini game that has like like this is the addicting one i think in like yakuza zero it was like the club and mm-hmm. in yakuza like a dragon it was like the mario kart stuff where you'd go and you know 
work on your cars and then go on circuit races and stuff like that so there's like a farming sim in this one that's also tied to like you going around and being friendly to people and earning virtue to spend on like oh i can plant more you know produce here or i can cook better things stuff like that there's fishing Mm. there's a lot it's a lot to unpack and there's a lot to kind of get invested in if you're kind of just not wanting to progress the story which is very gripping so it's like i'm torn a lot of the times between like do i want to go to the next scene or do i want to you know go help this person out who like fell on the ground and are going through hard times stuff like that it's always mm-hmm. the dilemma when it comes to this series this like a dragon series i was like how is the the load times is there any or is there none is there like it's just instant like there's like ghosts where there's zero load times at all no there there's slight little like one second load times but i mm-hmm. think the reasoning for that is because it's based off the old engine and not yeah. like it's not like like a dragon where you'd walk into a building and it would just be seamless um mm-hmm. there is like a brief you know black screen with a little loading pinwheel at the bottom stuff like that yeah, um, yeah. but it's not it's not like offensive loading times or anything now i i can't speak for the ps4 version which probably has like more sizable loading times but it, it has not been you know too bad it's just a little jarring considering that this is you know a couple years newer than than like a dragon but mm-hmm. it, it's just based off that old engine so it probably has to you know go through the motions um i think other things i could touch on there is a like a robust weapon upgrading system but the digital deluxe came with some like really op weapons that i haven't used yet because i don't want to like make it a cakewalk but it did seem to give me like some really good stuff um i haven't got to the trooper cards yet because i haven't unlocked them in the story but like there's cards based off like social media influencers and like i think there's a like a wrestler on there too Um, Mm -hmm. a few people i know an actor i know rahul kohli he's a, a a trooper card in in this game and like vampy bit me is in there like a cosplayer uh gundam builder all that stuff um yeah there's there's a lot to unpack here it's a game i think we're going to be talking about for a while on here because it is long it is complex and it is very very engrossing and engaging Mm -hmm. um but yeah like a dragon ishin it finally came out in america um makes me wonder if they'll ever do the other one which is kenzon i believe that was a ps3 game uh mm. that took place way 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 before uh ishin would have taken place um but this series never just the series never fails to just feel familiar yet different with each entry like there's always like a trope that a yakuza game will have and then there always will be some kind of like interesting way the plot goes to make it feel you know fresh and unique because you know most of them do take place in kamurocho so mm-hmm. like most of the time the location is is the same but there's always like ah this is what makes this one different or sets this one apart so so far so good in my in my eight hours of playing i have more another Yo, game that actually just came out <laughs> another one <laughs> um so i talked about this a few weeks ago uh theatrhythm final bar line they dropped a demo that was like really really big for a demo i think you could play like 30 songs and i spent Uh a couple hours with that demo trying to like get the new feel for how theatrhythm works on a controller versus playing it on a 3ds now i guess to start this off my relationship to the final fantasy series as a whole is kind of like weird um Mm -hmm. i've played one four seven eight 13 13 2 lightning returns unfortunately and 15 and the the stuff that i know about the rest of them comes from either seeing the characters listening to the music watching videos or you know playing dissidia final fantasy which was like a fighting game on the psp or Mm. like theatrism stuff so it's like i don't generally know the plots of all these but the music is super good for the most part like there's a few songs here and there and some of these that are just like i don't really like these but like theatrhythm has been this series that just brings all of i guess what's considered the best music um from the from the franchise and and puts them in this rhythm game where you've got lanes where 
it started on the 3ds with with two games so you'd like you'd have a red one where you'd like tap the screen and then you'd have arrow ones where you'd like swipe the stylus or green ones where you would hold the stylus on the touch screen or you know in certain stages called field music stages you would hold it on the touch screen while you dragged it up and down across like a line that would move up and down so it's like pretty simple when, when was this announced this version or the original? I guess both, because it's because uh, now it's, I guess there's a theme. The original with it, is like eleven years old at this point. Yeah, because I, I like how we're kind of having a theme where the I'm finding out that it's a remake in the sense of there's an original, and I don't remember the original ever coming out either because I missed it or with like a dragon, it wasn't released in North America. Yeah, it, it was a 3ds game, but uh-huh. you didn't you didn't have a 3ds, did you? I I didn't have one. I had a younger sibling who had one. Oh, okay. But yeah, this is a 3DS game, but like it was kind of like dormant for a while, this franchise. And it's just, I don't know how, I mean, it's a Final, Fa- it's Final Fantasy, so I, I wanna, I'm not really a part of that yeah. franchise. I really don't have much to say on it, but how many of this, of the, of the series is there? This is the third one that uh-huh. I believe was released in america because there's like an arcade one i almost feel like this is probably a port of like the arcade version kind of like they did Uh with the um project diva future tone the hatsune miku game that i also play um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think this one might be like similar to that some of the songs from that are in this one but just just going off of it here because i know it's hard to talk i know it's hard to talk about like not only final fantasy but also being a rhythm game um when i know that like i don't know I've never asked. Are you big into rhythm games? Um, I'm trying to think. That's something I can't believe has never come up in all the years. A question? <laughs> kind of like, I'm yeah. trying to think. Have I ever actually, like, been part of a rhythm game? And obviously, in the emphasis, like, you know, you could say certain things are rhythm games. But, no, I'm talking more or less, like, I know you're talking about, like, Guitar Hero, DJ Stuff Hero. like that. Like, yeah, I've always been I into stuff like so. that. I don't think I was really big on, on that whole rhythm game thing. Mm. I'm not really... like I like how I've always said this earlier. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. I know I've said this in like private with just you and me having just conversation. But like it's funny how you grew up playing certain things. And when you grow up to be later on in life, those are just the thing, your games you're good at. Yeah, like yeah. Like I said, my examples are platformers I'm amazing at. Why? Because I played Donkey Kong Country and Mario from the start. Uh, stealth games, I was super... like. I was just really good at Metal Gear Solid, and I was just like, well, because I played uh, Splinter Cell when I was younger. Racing games, stuff like that, like other type of games. So I would say like shooters, rhythm, and maybe RPGs and puzzle. I'm not really puzzle games. I was I was here and there in puzzle games, but stuff like that. I was never really good at now because I'm like, I don't think I really grew up with them. Because now looking back on it, I don't think there is a rhythm game that I was just like ever like just on about. So now this is a really good question Yeah. to kind of really... To really show me that, yeah, I never really played a rhythm game. Yeah, I mean, like, when I was younger, I was really big into DJ Hero, but then you, like, you need some kind of, like, more, I don't know, there's something comfortable about, like, a Project Diva game where, like, you're pressing buttons rapidly and you're getting that instant response that uh-huh. you got, like, a perfect mark on, the on, the, on like, the, 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 the triangle button or the circle button, stuff like that. Um, so with that kind of preamble um i will do my best to describe how theater the final bar line works because it's a little bit different um you still have your red green and yellow markers red being mm-hmm. press a button any button um Ooh, yellow in this could, chance how could or, i forget how could i forget daniel the game boy donkey kong country game has a rhythm mini game with candy kong how could i forget that the game boy donkey kong country game Come on, does have a rhythm that? game with candy kong see, and i really see? liked the songs in that one <laughs> see how see i was like really thinking like what is like I it's was, a like, core memory kind of episode right yeah <laughs> i like i was like no there was something i know i played i was like what was it it was a donkey kong mini game yeah from the game boy Advance version yeah that was a good one um but yeah, there's the red one. Hit a button. Uh, since there's no touch screen on the PlayStation, obviously uh-huh. you're using the sticks to do um, the yellow ones, which are the arrows, and so they can throw in like two arrows at a time, 
where you might have uh-huh. to press one up and one down or one to the left and one to the right. Sometimes they'll do diagonals. Sometimes they'll do just down, down, up, up, stuff like that. And then green obviously is hold, but since you're on a controller, they'll do things where you'd have to like hold two at a time or sometimes you'll have to hold and then pre- do red presses or or, mm-hmm. or, um, or or stick movements while you're holding yeah. down the green one. So it's kind of harder, but also very tactile in how it feels because you're not just like swiping a stylus across a screen and trying not to scratch it for five minutes while you play a song the way that the uh so that's battle music stages the way that the field music stages work in this one since there's no touch screen is that you're using the stick to move the the line up and down as you go through them mm-hmm. and then there's events music stages which are usually kind of boring make a comeback there's very few of them this was where the prompts come from the top of the screen to the bottom and it plays just like a battle music stage except instead of your characters going along fighting um enemies it's showing scenes from whatever game that event music stage is from that's kind of like the setup for how the game works there's like a light rpg element to it that i think works better in this one in that you create a party of four characters from like you unlock the characters as you unlock the individual final fantasy games you can equip them with skills and a summon that if you hit the summon triggers during the song it will bring out a a, a summon that will give you some kind of bonus and you can add little cosmetic things like a ship or dress your moogle up as like a tonberry or something like Uh that and you if every character can go to level 99 i already have a few like my final fantasy 8 cast is definitely at level 99 oh, um, but you can keep leveling up further to like level oh. up their star level <laughs> what i think it takes longer to get one star than it takes to get to level to 99 get so i mean yeah. it that way if you're already at 99 yeah um i'm working on a second set of characters the the final fantasy 15 cast um so i think it's easier to go watch a video to see how it's kind of done but i think you know it's it's difficult to describe, but I think I did an okay job at, yeah. at the, describing the setup. So what I wanted to touch on here was how the difficulty works in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a simple control scheme, which I would probably try on the like highest difficulties because I do like how it feels to like hit the, the stick notes. Um, yeah. But I tend to play on expert, and before we say anything about expert it's actually not that hard it's the difficulty mm. right after beginner <laughs> so it's what? basically wait. normal mode <laughs> wait so there is no quote-unquote normal it just goes from beginner to expert yes and this is where i think the problem with this particular version of the Intrithum lies and it's something that i'm gonna have to like come to terms with because it's not gonna change there are four difficulties not every song has four difficulties but uh-huh. most of them seem to um the next difficulty up is ultimate and it seems like ultimate goes so hard that they could have cut it back about 25 percent, and it would have felt like a really good hard mode but as it stands the third difficulty seems like such a jump between Mm -hmm. expert and ultimate that it's like they could have either put something else in between because expert for me personally is incredibly easy (laughs) i'm getting perfect (laughs) chains on almost every song i'm not missing anything (laughs) but then you go to ultimate and like some of them i can't even beat so i guess it's like something to strive for but then there's a difficulty above ultimate where i've just watched some of the charts on auto mode and i'm just like who can do this (laughs) it's like (laughs) harder than project diva future tone on its hardest difficulty it looks like it's just like there's so much going on on the screen that like I just wish Ultimate would, like, dial it back just slightly. Dial back the difficulty, right? Now, just slightly. Now, he- hear me out. Hear me out. See, what if it, it, what if there's a, a difficulty in between beginner and expert? I think I think there should be one in between expert and ultimate. Like, in between beginner and expert, like, expert already feels easy enough. Like, beginner feels like you're just pressing buttons, and then expert feels like you're playing a rhythm game. There should be a difficulty in between expert and ultimate. See, because what you could do is change expert into normal and then put it uh, between ultimate and expert and call that one extreme. I like that too. I just need there to be something that's like not making it go from zero to 100 when you switch from 
literally expert to ultimate. It's like, it reminds me of like Crash Team Racing and that easy was just completely easy. But then mm-hmm. normal, you were getting like last place on every single race because it's so hard. <laughs> I just, it's kind of funny that it kind of rhymed last place in every single race. So let's see what else I can say about this. Just kind of like working through these jumbled thoughts on this. Um, I the the first thing I did was I went to go unlock um, the man with the machine gun, which is a song mm-hmm. from Final Fantasy VIII, which is a battle theme that happens um, when you're playing as Laguna. And then I had to unlock the fight with Seymour from Final Fantasy X and then Battle 1 from Final Fantasy IX because for some reason, those three songs in particular are Theatrhythm for me. They are always my go-to songs whenever I boot up the 3DS version. Um, But it's just so upsetting to me that Man with the Machine Gun on Ultimate is so, so, so hard on this one that I cannot... Mm. (laughs) I can't actually get through like five seconds of it before all my characters faint and it's game over. So like there is a lot to work through. Like Battle 1, Final Fantasy 9, I can do. I actually did it on Ultimate and only missed one. And the frustration when you only miss one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then the Fight with Seymour I was able one. to do. Yeah. Fight with Seymour I was uh, only able to do a few times. And now for some mm-hmm. reason I can't do it again on Ultimate, which is frustrating. So it's like, it's a lot. There's 385 songs in the base game. I bought the premium edition, so I'm getting all the season passes. So they think there's going to be like 502 at the end of it as the mm. content continues to trickle out there's just so much to do here there's an online mode that i tried where you can like fight against people and like send out status effects against them there's just so much there's like a thousand cards to collect it's very overwhelming but i feel like it's also designed to be played for years and years to come it's like mm. the ultimate rhythm game it feels future tone like in, in that respect like colorful tone stuff like that where there'd be like 500 songs because you're literally just meant to play this a couple minutes a day when you feel like doing some music. One other negative is that I feel kind of like... I feel like people probably feel when their favorite Pokemon isn't in the the Pokedex of the current game. Mm -hmm. Because this game with, you know, 385 songs at launch is missing like two of the coolest songs in the in the franchise and it sucks when you see songs that are like you don't think are as good get in over like um worlds collide in final fantasy 13 2 which has been my twitter bio since i've had twitter um mm-hmm. that song's on the game so shedding a tear here for worlds collide and then the one from type zero which is um like the one where that plays when you're about to set off on... I know you don't know anything I'm talking about because you <laughs> haven't played these, but I just got to get it out there. There's a... there's a I think it's like a Vermilion flag, raise the Vermilion flag or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this this has to be in here if they've got this many Type-0 songs. And it's not in there. So you always kind of like oh. feel bad when there's like 300-something songs and they're missing like literally two of your favorites. <laughs> but there's enough favorites in there to like make this a really good set list and and like a pokemon game that doesn't have a full pokedex you're always gonna miss one or two here like none of the pokemon games on the switch have had bellsprout yet um Mm. like the the main series ones not the remakes so i can't like put my shiny bellsprout from let's go pikachu and eevee into into the new game but yeah theatrhythm is is another one of those ones we can come back to but it is difficult to put into words i think how, how how a rhythm game works so i feel like the stories is is the easier thing to talk about like this like what happened online or the frustrations of missing one note in a whole mm-hmm. ultimate chart and like that's crushing that's the rhythm game crushing <laughs> all right Man, i said like i said earlier uh, earlier before we record like i said this is a all daniel episode because <laughs> uh i guess update on what i've been playing uh nothing i haven't been playing anything i've been uh tired to do anything yes. so i'm like i think I we've both been... been very tired and busy but i'm like this is our one chance to get two brand new games in yeah. like for once <laughs> this year um you know i i haven't played the shadow warrior 3 on the ps5 version yet but i did download uh-huh. it um 
I finished Metroid Prime Remastered, but I think we're going to need to take a little bit more time uh, for that one than what we have left on this episode. And One Piece Odyssey, I want to talk about, but I'm like, I haven't played it in a while. I kind of got burnt out on it, but I do intend on finishing it. So it's kind of been weird. It's kind of been weird. I've mostly been addicted to this Theatrhythm game. It's even taking me away from, (laughs) like, a Dragon Ishin. Like, I was playing it, like, an hour and a half before we recorded today when I was like, man, maybe I should be playing more Ishin (laughs) right now. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I feel like I've said enough about those two games for one week mm-hmm. considering we were at like 45 minutes right here <laughs> but we still have one little bit of business um what kind of business? pokemon drip and ooh. Oof, i don't know about you but for me it's a good one it is like real right. good it's so unique to me this is Wenona. she is mm-hmm. a flying type gym leader in uh omega ruby and alpha sapphire she's got kind of like a blue flying suit on with like wing gloves and wing pants and like this nice blue color and she's got the cool helmet on with the like the visor goggles but her hair her purple hair is also coming out like wings she's got that long ponytail on the back Mm -hmm. not only is this the coolest thing ever but like it's such essence of the flying type that it's awesome if i could give one bad thing one negative thing to say about this yeah i might say the goggle bug eye googly like yellow eyes are kind of putting off not the color just the size maybe down oh the size because i was gonna say the color goes perfectly no yeah the color's fine i would say different shape different size maybe downsize them a little bit i don't know maybe it's better if they're obviously pulled down to her eyes and it's the full set but everything else about the entire outfit uh, I do agree that it is probably one of the best designs they've done with the character. It does yeah. have, I guess, man. You know what's so funny? Everything is everything is dripped now. Have you have you noticed that in gaming, everything has to do something with style? Like, yeah, styles now is such a big importance. And I feel like I. It's don't... like Monster Hunter. You want to have the coolest looking clothes, so you do Fashion Hunter. It doesn't matter what your stats are; just look cool. It's so funny how we never thought about like drip. And I, I never really thought about it until eventually we started talking about it. I'm not saying that we started the trend, but what I'm saying is it's funny how things that you never notice is in your life until you bring it up. And then you start realizing, oh, man, it's actually been part of this whole series this whole time. Like, it's actually yeah. been around for a while. But yeah. for this, I would give it if, – if the eyes for the goggle shapes, you know, different shape or, you know, different size – it was different, definitely a five, but as it stands alone, everything put together, everything's designed super well. I give it a solid four. Like, it's very up there with a solid four. Personally, I don't have as big of a problem with the the eyes because they're kind of held, like, they're kind of up. They're not put over her face. Um mm-hmm. If if they were put over her face, it would remind me it's, of something else. It's it's got a, it's got the aura of something else I've you seen. You know why? From like it, an anime it, or something. It gives me an issue because it reminds me of a bug type and not a flying type. Oh, I get that. I get that. That's what you know. What I mean, like, I it, it would be a little bit higher because the eyes themselves are too buggy looking. So now I think it might be a bug type gym, like a flying bug type gym leader. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, as it stands for me, though. I, as I think this is probably the coolest gym leader in Ruby and Sapphire, I'm teetering here. Maybe I feel like I should be nice about it today and give Wynonna mm-hmm. a five Badoofs you, that's, is your out guess? of five. I give it a four. Maybe I just feel like being nice. I, 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 I feel the criticism about the goggles, though, but just everything else is so, like, amazing. I was going to say, have we brought up the the Mario commercial trailer? Have we brought that up yet? The the one that they did with the song? With the plumbers, yes. Have we brought No, we that haven't up brought yet? that up yet cuz that That's that so happened funny. like right after we recorded last week, I believe. Yeah, like literally uh, right after. Just to, let's transition that. to news here real quick, a yeah. little bit of news. I liked that commercial. I think that was like it the, was such the a good commercial, commercial for the big game cuz it was it was the obviously a reference to the original 80s show with the intro, yeah. the whole Mario rap. Didn't the, the lady animation... who voiced Peach in the 80s show voice the lady at the end of the commercial, too? 
If that's the case, I didn't, I didn't catch that. But if that's the case, that's brilliant. That's that's the nice or the ninety show, well. like the Super Mario Bros. Super Show or whatever. I think the lady I mean, that I voiced Peach was shows. the voice of that lady. Yeah, I used to buy those. I've on seen TV. a few of those. This is weird. Come on, Mama Luigi. <laughs> Mama Luigi, but like, yeah, that commercial came out. It's just so funny that they obviously reference because Mario or not Mario, but Nintendo doesn't seem to reference a lot of the old commercials and era of that very early Mario, like the movie. Yeah commercials the cdi games stuff like that they don't really talk about because it wasn't at their like optimal like you know desire for mario it's like you know experimental whatever maybe maybe someone else did it they didn't like it whatever it could be but it's just kind of nice that they still acknowledge that the show existed because it was a big part of kids you know childhood they watched the mario show growing up so you know the idea is years later they can take their kids to watch the Mario movie because you know they saw either the Mario movie or the show growing up. And look, looking ahead at this movie, it's coming out in a few months still. Um, I honestly feel like there will be some deep cuts in this movie. I just got the like with the way this movie is being marketed, which is very mm. good, and like how they seem to be going about treating the movie as a whole as like a project. I feel like there will be some deep, deep cut stuff in here that like we might not even pick up on <laughs> other news that i kind of like i didn't write down any news for this week because i knew it was going to be a long time talking about like uh-huh. ishin but, and uh, like trying, to, trying to work through talking about theater rhythm while not knowing how to like speak about rhythm games which was an interesting it this will be an interesting one to look back on um mm-hmm. but ps plus is getting its premium update uh day before this episode goes up mm-hmm. and actually horizon 2 is being added to the extra tier so mm-hmm. it seems like it takes about a year maybe for a first party exclusive to go on to plus but ratchet and clank's not there yet for some reason um just something i thought i'd throw out there they're also putting borderlands 3 on so i can finally have a copy of borderlands 3 where i don't have to insert the ps4 disc and have two <laughs> icons pop up on my menu oh man um, that's cool <laughs> um i forgot what else they're adding but like i think those are the two big ones um especially yeah. for you know what we talk about on on this podcast but there, it's been a light light news week um which is fine because i've been kind of engrossed in those two games while also like working towards finishing my notes up for tropical freeze which we should probably get to on the next episode but for mm. right now robert would you say we handled one yeah that should wrap up this week all right as always, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating, a review, download an episode, subscribe. We are also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, I guess <laughs> since I've been a little frazzled this episode, there's not much left to say except for our famous video game quote. And Robert, you know I love me a famous video game quote. You know, Ellie, we really are the Soul Calibur 2. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later.